Hey there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know directly from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 19 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you will find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take on the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. Today I'll be speaking with David Price. He is the creative director and owner of DEP Creative and Ellie Roy Linens. He is such a talent. If you are looking to elevate your event with whatever budget you have, whatever style you have, whatever ideas you have, this is the podcast episode for you. David has been doing this for so long, but his talent is so big. He is going to go over with you about being a designer, how you can elevate your wedding no matter what budget you are. He's also going to talk about his new linen company, why he created it, and what fun, exciting trends are out there with the linens. We are going to discuss a lot of trends, a lot of tips, and also to what the difference is with a planner versus a designer and what can a designer do for your wedding? I mean, obviously they can create your vision, but they also bring a lot of practical information to the process and installation of your actual vision. They execute your vision. So sit back, relax, and enjoy such an amazing conversation with so many wonderful tips with our guest, David. Well, welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast. I am your host, Sarah Zarella, and I am sitting here with a very talented man. So David, can you tell our listeners who you are, who you serve, and what you do in your business? Well, David Price, and I am the owner, creative director of DEP Creative, which has been around for about three years post-COVID. And I also introduced six months ago Elroy Linens, which is a custom high-end linen company, rental company out of Rhode Island. Um, But I've been in the business since 1988, so most of your brides and grooms haven't been born yet. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> but that just should show you exactly how much knowledge you have. I started before Pinterest. I started before the honest internet. It was dial up AOL is before I, when I started. Um, I'm a, I would call myself a creative um, event designer. Um, I, I used to be a planner years, years ago, but I'm not into logistics. I'm into creating the vision taking the bride and groom's vision and running with it with um, from invitations to floral to food presentation to china glass for flatware um, to food stations to every aspect that is visual in planning designing your wedding Um, 
Did you realize that early on when you first started that that's the direction you wanted to go into? Or is it just kind of what kept you keep moving and, and, and keeping it fresh for you? Well, my degree is in theater design and business administration. At that point, to get into the hospitality, you went into hotel management or culinary. None of that excited me. And I didn't come into this until I moved to New England and realized what weddings were. I'm from the Midwest, and weddings were you got married, you went to the church basement, you had punch and cake, and that was done. Maybe catered event. It was not until I came out here and I realized, wow, this is like theater production. I could design a wedding, and it's a little theater production, and I'm done. And not to totally cut you off right now, for for, for our listeners um, who don't know David Price's work, that's exactly what you do. It's production. I mean, you we know when your hands have been in an event. So it's interesting that you said that your I didn't even know that that your background was in theater um, because you can see it in your work. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have done wedding, you know, weddings for ten people, and I've done galas for. 1,200, which is more than my hometown. I'm from a town of 1,000 people. So at one point I did a, the Governor's Association Gala for 1,200 people, and I could feed my whole hometown in the tent. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, right? <laughs> so then so then you realized early on, well, like you said, you got into hospitality. Then you realized that you wanted to be more in the production and the creative end. So where did you go from there with your career? I first started as caterer. I worked for Blackstone Caterers when it was out of um, Central Falls. And I was hired to do their buffets, design overall creativity, bring them into the, you know, at that point they were doing sit-downs and funerals and they were not doing buffets and stations. Stations were brand new back then. And that was in the 90s. So I started then and then I was always a florist. I've been a florist since I was 16. And it just kind of fell into the whole flower business. And the flower business went into linens. And then I had the food background. And it just visually, I was, it was some weddings were missing the whole overall concept. When I started, your, poly, your choices of linens were polyester, cotton, and damask. And there were some companies out of Boston that you did the custom. So the whole wedding industry, the event industry has developed throughout the time. I mean, it has really become a more interior design, a more elaborate production than it was in the 1980s and 90s. And you know what, too? I've even seen it really, I mean, obviously, you know, just like yourself, I mean, you've been doing it longer than me, but I'm up there. I'm, I'm going on 22 years myself, but I've seen it, and even in the last seven years, really take a huge like the pendulum has really swung and to the you know where it is just even more elaborate like i you know what i mean by that is like i of course there's been a lot of trends and you know that weddings are turning into productions and events are just absolutely beautiful there's so many different varieties but even lately and i don't know if that is just like the, the generation that's getting married right now or the you know the use of Instagram, granted that's been around forever, or TikTok, but I have just seen, or people like yourself, I mean, that are just bringing a lot more to the table. I mean, the reason why I approached you to be on my show is, which we'll talk about a little bit later, is the linens that you're doing. I mean, I just feel that there's just, 
I guess, an elevation going on even more so in the last few years. Have you been noticing that at all or or, or not? Because you've always been that, that trendsetter. I've been noticing that um, it goes through cycles. I mean, linens for a while were, you know, basic. And then it, you got more elaborate, more custom. And then lately, if you start noticing Instagram, prints, patterns, um, textures have been very high light lately. And it's following the interior design trend. Everything is des follows home decoration. Um, I mean, for a while, a couple of years ago, everything was whites and creams and blushes, which also goes with the gray tones that everyone's doing in their homes. Now you're noticing prints, color. Um, I know that if you start looking at some of the florists that's been in the Rhode Island area, colors this year, bright colors, yellows, pinks, purples, lavenders, compared to two years ago was everything was white and green or blush. So, but in another five years, we might cycle back into whites and creams and blushes. Everything's a cycle. I mean, right now I'm doing a wedding for a mid, that has a mid-century theme. Who would have known four years ago that mid-century was going to be a style? This is something that you went to your grandmother's house and went, oh, she, she decorated her house in 1960, hasn't changed it, and it's, but now it's a style. Yeah, and you know, you're spot on with like, I, for example, the other day I just did a branding session for a woman that does custom kitchens, and I was just talking to her. I said, you know, the whites were really popular 10 years ago, and now it's like the colored islands and the blue islands. I'm like, where where do you see it going now? And she's like, oh, mahoganies are coming back. And we're going to start to see that in the wedding industry because it does. it. The fashion, interior design, it all follows trends, and you start to see it come into our industry. So I, before we kind of just dive right into everything and, and give, give all of our listeners a lot of great tips and great knowledge for this episode. Can you explain your companies right now for our listeners before we get into all your wealth of knowledge? DEP Creative is an event design company. We produce weddings and social events. I do weddings, galas, and private affairs, anniversary parties, birthday parties, anything like that. Um, and then I also help a lot of planners do the production end of it. Um, they might have the vision or they have come up with a vision, but I will help with them with the tent location, the space planning, the floor plans, um, tweak it a bit, more detail it, because a planner and a, who is also a designer has a lot on her plate or his plate. So I have kind of worked with them a lot, helping them in the production end of it, because that's where some of my strengths are. Um, and then I have Elleroy Linens because I was doing all this freelance helping designers and planners execute their events and everyone's saying, there's no good linens out there anymore. Nothing different. There's no one doing custom work. There's no one doing that. And I said, well, I have 14 years experience doing it and why not? So six months ago, I opened up Elleroy Linens and it's flying out the door right now. They're beautiful. Oh, thank you. Like, absolutely stunning. But everything you you do is beautiful, but they're beautiful. So for our listeners, definitely hop on there and check out David's new company. Where can they find the linens? L right now, um, you can get through depcreative.net. Um, Elroy's website is, since we're only six months in, is not up. But we can always show you everything. We have everything in the studio, and we can have appointments and meetings for people. Perfect. 
All right. Well, you ready? Let's get right into it. We'll get right into it. All right. So right off the bat, you kind of talked about the fact that you started in the hospitality industry and, and just, you just didn't love it. And then you realized that you wanted to start getting into the designing and planning. So run us through a little bit about the differences of a planner and a designer and, you know, give us a lowdown over there. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who are planners and designers, and there's a few of us who just design because we're not into the logistics of in the concierge of of the whole wedding party. Um, I will take and meet a client and get their vision, and we talked about trends, and I, a wedding is very personal, so I don't talk about trends when I talk to the bride and groom. I talk about what they like, what they dis dislike, who's their favorite designer what's their favorite television show, getting to know their personality because the wedding should be about their personality and their likes, not what's trending on Instagram or what is popular right now, what shows their personality. You know, it, it, to you, that's a very simple probably concept, but I, I got to tell you that it's just so huge because as you said that, that that's the way that you that's that you just take this. Like if you're sitting in front of a client, that's the first thing you do. You can really see it in your work because a lot of times, especially in our industry, we talk about trends. So being a photographer, I see the same thing all of a sudden at each wedding per season. I'm like, what's happening here? I'm like, oh, I get it now. The same person, that these people were looking at the same images and it, they start to look the same, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But when you really start to understand that someone's working with a true creative, then you're at a wedding or event or a gala that is extremely different than what's happening around them. And so probably what's happening with you is you're not asking people to see what they like or from what someone else is doing. You're asking them what they like. Exactly. I mean, I think it's because I've been in it for so long. We didn't have Pinterest when I started. So it was asking them to cut out pictures from magazines. Martha Stewart had just started. So it was, you know, home, beautiful home or house and garden, pull things from that, from catalogs. It wasn't going to Pinterest and pulling things that you liked. It was trying to develop that personality. And when yeah, I, because right now they'll go up to Pinterest and they'll pull up something that's been installed already and they'll say, do this. Well, what you were doing or what you suggest that people do is not even look at galas or weddings, like actually just look at ideas and patterns and colors that make them excited is what you're saying. Exactly. I mean, I for a wedding, I really want when the guests arrived not to see a David Price DEP creative event. I want to see the personality of the brides and grooms. And it, it it can be achieved um, within, you know, low budgets or high budgets. It's, it's really talking about with the bride and groom, their personality. So you, you sit, so you sit down with the couple and you just ask them a little bit about what, what makes them excited and what they love. And then where do you go with that? At, at that point, I will come up with a concept, a design that I think they would like. And that's when I might pull pictures off the in, internet or Pinterest just to see if that's the right direction we're going. Um, yes, of course, we all have done things that someone has given us and say, I want this arrangement, I want it to look exactly like this. And that makes them happy, so that's what we do. But anytime you work with a creative, a florist, a designer, if you give them more flexibility, you're gonna get more bang for your buck. Yeah, yeah. Because you're getting them creative. And if you're looking for an Instagram moment, 
let the designer design. Don't restrict that person into a, a hallway that you, you can't get out of. My best clients have been, I like the color yellows. I want it to be formal. I want it very classic. I'll see you that day. Yeah. And you just, you don't worry about it. But some of my worst clients have been, if I don't have this color rose, you're going to ruin my day. So all I'm worried, <laughs> all I'm focused on is making sure that rose is that shade because I don't want to ruin her day. You know, I want to listen to the bride and groom. I still want to give them the, the output that they want, the outcome they want. But you've got to give the creative person some flexibility. Your florist, your designer, even your baker. You know, if you like cake and they suggest an odd combination, maybe go with it. Maybe that's, then all of a sudden your guests are talking about, wow, they put fig in the middle of their cake instead of raspberry, which everybody does. So, I mean, it's just you doing unique, different things that just doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be a huge budget breaker, but something that's just interesting. So basically, you tie in the overall concept together and you take the person's vision. That's the difference with a planner versus a designer. A planner, you're saying it just deals with logistics and you know the timelines and the actual planning, but you, as a designer, you take their vision and you design and you curate and you put everything together. Yeah, and there's some great planners who can do that also, but, there's, but I see that as a complete, huge opportunity for the bridegroom to be something different. I mean, from the invites to the dress colors to flowers to tabletops to what's served on the plate, or you know, can we add? Let's say there's reds in the color combination. Can we add some strawberries to the salad? You know, just little subtle things throughout the whole event that ties in the whole vision of the bride and groom. So, David, you mentioned a little bit about budget earlier. Obviously, you work with people that have unlimited funds, right? But there are people out there that really want a nice execution, a nice production, and a nice design that might be a little bit conscious of what they have to spend. What's your thoughts and suggestions for these listeners that are in that scenario? Usually, I can work within any budget depending on what you went done. Um, I've had a client that I had an unlimited budget and I broke the budget. Um, and then I, you know, a perfect example is I'm, my niece and nephew or well, my nephew's getting married, my niece-in-law, and they have a very low budget. We're even using disposables. But the aspect of it is I'm tying all the disposables together. It's all going to be craft paper. I'm buying labels. I'm, I'm branding it with their monogram. So, I mean, those, those ways that you can take your budget and still have a consistent through line in your design. Wait, do tell about this disposable design here. Um, believe it or not, it's in Illinois, and it's at the St Illinois State Fairgrounds in what used to be the poultry building. Okay. So now we've named it the Chicken Coop. I love it. And we're doing feathers, and we're doing – it's the Midwest, so boho is, is still kind of popular. As I'm going to talk about trends later, boho's kind of on the way out, but you got to know your regions. Midwest right now, boho is in. It's kind of boho. It's feathers. It's dried. And, you know, it's a barbecue feel. But every station has a disposable that fits designed for that. Like the tacos are going to be in a paper boat. You know, the briskets 
chili is in a branded monogram paper cup, but everything is brown. All the disposable silverware is black. We are doing real napkins because I won that battle and I'm paying for that battle. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, those those ways. And if you have a certain budget, you you don't spread it out. Maybe it's a focal point as guests arrive. You don't need to put all your money, spread your money out thin and not make an impact. Maybe it's it's doing a bar. Maybe focus your, you're on a designer bar or a rent a bar instead of using a tablecloth with linens. Um, you know, flowers don't have to go on every table. And what the, when the, we go into trends is some of the trends is everything doesn't have to match. I mean, in years past, you used to do 15 of one arrangement and 15 of another arrangement and you go in. Now you can do two of one style and then three of another style and maybe a couple of tables have lanterns and candles on it. Nothing has to, it has to have a through line and a consistent design, but it doesn't have to be matchy-matchy like it has been in the past. So you can take that your design budget and really try to figure out what's your main focus. Is it a a, a background for selfies is it your bridal bouquet is the ceremony more important than the reception or is the reception more important than the ceremony you know ceremony can last an hour ceremony can last 15 minutes we've all been there so where do you want to spend your money and i can guide you down that path on how to take your budget and how to get the biggest bang for your dollar even though the dollar may be a lower amount we can still achieve that um or you may have a high amount and you know yeah, do then, whatever you want. And you can have like a, you know your own little playground with them if you have a high budget. But like you said, if you have a lower budget, you just help them kind of focus in where do they want to put that money. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm sitting in front of a true creative because as you're explaining your nephew's and your soon-to-be niece's wedding, I, I, I mean, what a vision. I love it. it. It took a while for her to release control. But she has finally let me have control of a, over the wedding, and she's going to have something much better than she ever thought she would she would have. And you were saying earlier a little bit about trends, right? And so let's talk about that for our listeners. Let's get right down to kind of explaining to them. I mean, a lot of people who are listening um, don't know and haven't seen as much as you've seen. So let's talk a little bit about the trends in event design. I would love to go over the color, the textures, how home decor affects this. You said a little bit about boho, which I think we need to talk about that. And um, just, you know, where you see it going and where you've seen it come from. And it, I know, I know your, your listening crowd is nationwide and it varies from, from region to region. California leads, then it, then it skips the Midwest, it goes to the East Coast, and then it trickles back to the Midwest. I don't know why it skips the Midwest. Wait a minute. So California leads our industry, you think, over New York? Yeah. Really? I was, or, or, or maybe I'm thinking New York because of the fashion, but you're saying no, it's it's out west. I think I see that in 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 the event world, it's really driven by the East Coast because they also can do events twenty four seven. Oh, you're talking about the West Coast. West Coast. Right? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, they that makes sense. they can do it twelve months out of the year. Oh, yes. Yep. You know, especially I did a wedding in Malibu years ago. It was Everything was alfresco. And I was having a nervous breakdown because, you know, here in the East Coast, you have rain plan, you have snow plan, you have plans to for plans. This was all 
alfresco. Even though there was fires burning, you know, three miles down the road, um, there was a plan for that. So I, I, in the industry, really is directed from the West Coast. And you know what? Because you're you're not the first person who've said this to me. Uh, but also, too, now that, now that you say that, there's a lot of money out there, and there's a lot like Hollywood. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. I, I didn't even think about that. There's you're some right. great designers out yep. west. There's some great designers in New York, and I'm not saying New York is 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 not, but the cost factor. New York is much more expensive to produce an event than it is in California, believe right. it or not. No, you're right. No, it totally is. And I, that I do know. So you're saying, so the trends start out west. They make their way to the east coast, and then then they go in. They go they go into the Midwest. Got it. All right. All right. Um, right now, you, you start seeing color. Color and pattern, texture. Texture has been around for a long time. Texture in linens, texture in flowers. Um, and then... Patterns have come around and color. I mean, two or three years ago, it was whites and greens, blush tones. Now people are going into jewel tones or lower pastel tones or the other coloration, which I don't quite, smoky tones. In my days, it was dusty, you know, it was mauve and dusty blue. They have new names for it, but it's still that smoky gray tone in coloration. Your Dusty Millers, your your that cup coloration, and then there's lots of things going all greens. I'm doing a wedding later this year, and it's mid-century vibe, but she's doing not a flower in place. It's all greens, and some people think that greens can save you money, but greens can be expensive also if you've done done different ways. So, and I'm doing another event that there's not a flower in sight. The the tables are all de- home decor items. We had um, a, going back to what you were talking about, the greens, we had one of the florists uh, on talking about the same thing, that people feel that greenery is a filler, quote unquote, and can bring the cost down. But there, she said it was kind of a myth. It, it, is, it is a myth. Yeah. I mean, especially when you use unique type of florals. I mean, we're, this is a mid-century theme, and we're doing a lot of hostas, and we're doing begonias, and we're doing mother-in-law's tongue, all the house plants that were very popular in the 40s and 50s to give it that mid-century vibe and very little um, floral in the aspect of it. Interesting, yeah. Um, and then, like I said, I'm seeing boho two years ago was very popular. It was all over the place. It's kind of quieted down now. Um, a new trend, which I makes me feeling old, is called granny chic, which is really... I call it traditional Newport. If you go into any of the Newport mansions on Bellevue, it's patterns on top of patterns and prints on top of prints. You know, chintzes and stripes. It's a whole combination, and people are calling it Granny Chico. And I'm like, that's this classic design. Right, the patterns. The patterns. On the, on the, that's the classic interior design. Uh, it's funny that you talk about the boho because um, – like you said, it depends on who's listening right now in the nation. But, you know, it's the same thing with it, – it, it just hear me out on this one, right? And I could be totally wrong here. But, you know, it's everything – the pendulum always goes one way and then it swings the other way and then it goes back, right? So we used to have these big glamorous weddings over here in, in our area and then everything went – the economy kind of took a dip, right? So then that was the birth of um, – 
what's the word I'm looking for? It starts with a B, help me out here. Burlap. Yes. It was everywhere, right? But it was because we were in a little bit of a dip of our economy, right? So what's the answer? Glamorous, you go the burlap and the Barney. And then, you know, then, then we started to go, like I said, slowly into the boho, which had a lot of California feel into it. But as far as editing goes, as a photographer, you're talking about designing and whatnot with weddings. I see the same thing with the trends of editing. We had big color pop was super popular back in like the 2012s and, and then what's the answer to bold colors muted light and airy right so we started having to edit light and airy and then what's the answer to that opposite of light and airy is dark and moody and that was the birth of the boho era right and that was the last like three years i'm starting to see that trend leave not only with decor that like you're talking about but editing people don't want their pictures edited dark anymore they want color they want that color back in yeah, yeah. It, it, but it, it circles around all the time, and it's it's very interesting to see what will come back and what will not come back. Yeah. Um, so right now you're seeing the the trend is say it to me one more time the name of it that you're calling it. It's gra- I've been told it's called Granny Chic. Granny Chic. And okay. it's basically good traditional classic interior design patterns and stripes. And coloration, you go to any of the Newport mansions or houses that's been d- done by interior designers and you have a chintz floral print on the sofa. There'll be two matching chairs and stripes and there'll be some another chair in a velvet that's trimmed in a contrasting color. Yeah. That's, that's how it is. I love it. And they're calling it Granny Chic. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm old enough to be the Granny Chic. <laughs> You know, what's funny is that, like, so my mom is um, a builder, right? She's a contractor, and she's also, so she, you know, literally builds and, and contracts and designs, and also, too, she does interior designing. And it's so funny because I laugh at her. She does the same thing. Like, she'll have, like, stripes and colors and, and patterns, and I'm like, she's, she's like, this is this is design, okay? This is design, people. Like, it's, I just laugh because... It, it, she's so advanced, and I'm like, oh, you know, because she helped me with, when we were building our house. She was picking out everything. I'm like, no, 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 I want, you know, it was back when everything was grays and whites. She's like, no, you need color. And so, but she was ahead. Yeah. It's the same thing with you. When you're in the industry, you are ahead of everybody. I mean, we had the most dis- sad moment in the whole interior design world when everything went to grays and whites and blacks, you know. I just saw a lovely new Cape Cod house that has been painted white and added black windows. Black windows. I and was, it's not appropriate for a Cape Cod house. I was ju- I was literally, okay, so listen, totally getting off track here, but I feel like for people who are planning events and galas, like you said, like David was saying in the very beginning, everything is connected. So if you really want to take and elevate your event to the next level, you've got to pay attention to what we're about to talk about, what we're talking about right now, which is out in, you know, the... Um, fabrics and home decor and the fashion but I I was literally saying to people when I was building my house the black trim was coming out and people are like why aren't you doing your windows with the black Anderson trim windows I'm like because everybody everybody's gonna know my the year my house was built right like that is I every single house right now is being built it's gonna go out so fast exactly and, and that leads leads into you know designing and the most important is your venue. If you have a specific look design design that you want your wedding to look like, look like, you need to make sure that the venue you pick helps that. If you're in a tight budget, right. I mean, if you if you have unlimited budget, I can transform any space into anything. 
But if you have a certain look, if you want something classic or you that traditional, then you need to look at your venue. You know, don't go to certain venues that are more modern. Right, or, like you said, like the house in the Cape. Like, don't build a very modern house when you're sitting in a beach area on the Cape. You know, if you're looking for something, I mean, like you said, if you're in the beginning stages of looking for a venue right now and you have a vision, let the venue help with your vision is what you're saying. Exactly. I mean... Especially if you have a budget, because otherwise you're going to be transferring. Like, like if you want your wedding all white, don't go find a, a venue that has a lot of color in their ballroom. Because um, otherwise, like you said, you'll be – I'm just pulling – you're probably going to make you cringe when I say this, but like you'll be draping the place to make it white, which is more money. But I know what you mean. You're, you're saying help – look for the venue that will help your vision. Exactly. Saying. I mean, as you know, all hotel ballrooms have really – God offer ugly carpets, but sometimes you can play off of that. Yep. I mean, doing a great Gatsby thing for a gala, and the carpets were blues and reds and greens, and we're playing off of that coloration with the black and silver that you're accustomed to as a great Gatsby thing. But work with what's there. Um, like I said, if you have unlimited budget, I can transform, and any designer can transform anything into what you want it to look like. But if you want a rustic barn, then you feel you not at the cut you're not at your local country club you need to find a rustic barn or a tent that can give you that feel that helps save your budget helps help, help the budget and then what you were saying also too is the trends that you're seeing right now is grandma chic non-matchy right a lot of color a lot of color so we're gonna take a quick break but when we come back I kind of want you to tell tell the listeners and me, I'm very interested now of the birth of your linen company and what you've done with that based on what you're seeing with the trends that are out. Sounds good. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now, let's get back to the episode. Well, welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. Right before the break, we were talking with David a little bit about what the difference is with a planner and a designer, the trends that he's seen out there with the events and the event industry, but I really want to kind of get into the birth of your linen company, David. Can you let us all know how you even started this six months ago? Well, LRA started because everyone was in the need of some custom linen, something different. And it, you don't need to use custom linen on every table. Um, what I'm finding is we do custom linens for the place card table, and then we might do some linens on the cocktail cocktails tables for cocktail hour and then we do the head table or the bride and groom table and maybe the cake table and it's usually patterns or we go into the interior design we add fringe we do box pleats we do more interior design type work and most of my fabrics come from the interior design companies Um, so it's not your normal that you go to a rental company and you see the faux silks and the 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 we the weaves, the simple weaves of the Panamas, the Ibizas. It's more elevated. 
um, with trim or with patterns that you might see as drapes in someone's house because interior design is really leading the path and no one's doing that right now. There used to be four companies in Boston and there's not one left that used to that did custom work. You know, and so that's what developed and and then also galas. I mean, nonprofit galas still spend a little bit of money and we're doing some great linens for them. You know, you have 55 tables. You can do a third of those tables in something really special and then the two thirds of it from a basic rental linen, you know, your satins or your faux silks, and you have a great look and you don't spend as much money as you think you're going to spend. And you can also cut down on some of your floral centerpieces because the linen stands alone. So it's you did there's so much right there I want to dissect that you just just talked about first off for people who are listening you just you nailed it on the head I mean obviously if you have an unlimited budget perfect like but you just you you nailed it it's like a lot of people probably listening are like oh I just don't have it in my budget right now to do linens sometimes when you start to bring in elements of decor and people don't realize this that's why they have to go to a designer is you can save in another area like if you have a nice beautiful tablescape with linens you don't need to overdo it with, with flowers. Or sometimes, you know, if you don't do linens, you might need to do the flowers. Like what I'm saying basically is it, they should just talk to you no matter what budget it is just to see if it's even a possibility to elevate with the linens. I got to say one of the reasons why you're sitting in front of me is obviously I've known you for many years. I've known your work. But I we walked into a um, function that a mutual vendor of ours, of ours was putting together at a venue, Shepherd's Run, for people who are local, they could check that out. And I was looking at the tables, and there was linens on the tables. This is before I even knew about your new company. This, I, that, this, that was the night I learned that you started your event, your not event. I knew your event company, your linen company. Sorry, and I saw it. I saw it, David. It was just different. It was, I, I knew it right there. As soon as I saw, I'm like, who did these linens? And I just knew they were different. And that's the thing, like, I think we forget is that if you're planning an event or a wedding, it, you just, just people want to walk in and just, it, they want to be excited. They could, they could be excited for any reason of their senses. It could be the music. It could be the food. It could be the decor. But you just want, you're, we're doing happy stuff, right? We all want to be happy. And sometimes the smallest thing just makes you happy. And it made me happy to look at your linens. Exactly. I was happy. Exactly. Well, thanks. But I think, I think it's, it's, you know, I don't want to take business away from florists, but I have because you know, if you do fabulous printed linens for your cocktail hour, you don't need to do flowers on them. You do votives on them. You do, any, you know, green votives or you do whatever works with that. Same thing with your place card table. You know, do a wonderful linen that is on a, maybe a square table and you do inverted, inver, inverted pleats with a contrasting fabric and do a little trim on it. That's a statement piece without having to put a huge amount of money into your florals. And the, the other trend, you know, as I'm seeing is non-floral centerpieces. I mean, I'm doing a gala that I'm doing half the tables with crystal balls, bowls filled with silver balls. What other, what other th trends are you seeing out there as far as just something different that you've seen? Because you just said that you're doing a gala right now where they're not doing flowers on the centerpieces, which is honestly, it's different. It, it, it is. It's different. And, and. Um, other trends we're seeing is um, a lot of interaction type centerpieces. Um, people are doing family style and 
that's great and wonderful, but you got to make sure you let your designer know that you're doing family style, that you're serving. So the table is designed to accept the plates and the platters and the bowls. I mean, I've done in a wedding that I was just did flowers for, and I didn't, this was in years ago, and I didn't ask the right questions, and all of a sudden they were doing family style, and there was no place to put anything. I just did a 160-foot table at the Breakers, um, with 110 guests and it was family style and we made design the table that the caterer knew exactly where to put the sauces and the bowls and stuff so it was an overall design um, but the table was great on the on the grounds of the breakers that were 160 feet long I um I, I wish I wish that I had you on my wedding it's so funny that you just brought that up because I you know, when you first were, we were first talking, you said, I sit my couples down and I say, what's important to you? Well, one of the things that was important to me is just, I don't know where I came up with it, it just was, right? Is just that the guests are family and the guests, like meaning they feel like family, whether they're friends or family. And I was like, well, what, what can I do with that? I'm like, family style. So I served everything family style, but you're right. We designed, so I, I didn't have centerpieces. I mean, I had flowers mixed in, but I had crates and, and, and um, wine, crates that, that was going to serve the food basically on different levels so people could be uh, served center, um, family style. But my point is, I, it's funny that you say that because there's installation sometimes. It's it's The execution is what I'm trying to say is something that you have to think about when you do things. So like you said, if you're if you're serving your food family style, you got to let your florist know, right? I mean, you don't, because you can't have a centerpiece. Exactly. And then the the other biggest trend that the food was my centerpiece. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. trend is, is all the ceiling installations, all the large, big, huge ceiling installations um, that are people doing um, right now, especially in this area. Um, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of budget. You can do that, but there's also ways you can simplify it also, and you know, do it over the cake or do it over do an entrance installation. And that, you know, you see stores doing it now. It's just this huge floral installation that highlights the front door or highlights a product. Um, you see it in Nantucket all the time in front of the people's stores. Um, but that's a trend I don't know if I think is going to go away. It's a lot of money. I, but I wonder, though, but, you, you know, you're onto something, though. I don't know if it will go away because, like you said, I mean, obviously, if you have unlimited budgets, that's your dream, right? You can just go and you can, like you said, you can blow their budget, yeah. their unlimited budget. But if somebody who's listening does, you know, has a, a little bit more of a realistic budget, doesn't mean that they can't because that's maybe that's what they do. They just focus in, like you said, at their ceremony location or at their entrance table. They could still do something that gives them that happy wow feeling on more of a budget but, but but a perfect design exactly in regards to the linens though earlier you talked a little bit about your niece and nephew and you said i won that battle with the napkins so where were you going with that I, I, napkins <laughs> is a is a great inexpensive way to give you the happiness i mean we you know right now monogram napkins um, I just did a rehearsal dinner that the, the groom's mother bought five different styles of monogram napkins, dozen each. So the bride now has five sets of dozen napkins done differently. One was more formal on white. Some were done in pale blue that had an informal monogram on it. Some just had a picture of the dog monogrammed on it. So it's a way to 
give the bride something that they can keep and use over and over and over again is another is another trend we're seeing. A lot of monogramming, a lot is doing, but also prints on napkins. Do a basic cotton linen and do a printed napkin or do a striped napkin or do, and it's it saves you money in the long run, but it gives you a great impact. And also too, you know, there's a great tip right there. As far as a napkin goes, if you spend some money on your event, you, people always think, okay, it's for the day. But there's if you get something that you can use over and over again later on, then it's almost worth the investment. Like you just said, the napkins with their monograms. Now they can have that when they host uh, a holiday dinner or another event later on in the future. Why not, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we spent our money on the, and then on the, um, the monogram cups back in the day and, and the – the, the knife and the serving for the cake, but why not think about actually some of your decor items that you can keep? Exactly. And the battle I won with my, nep- my nephew was they were going to paper. And I'm like, you're doing a barbecue theme. You need to do cloth. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, people are going to be literally grabbing stacks, stacks of paper. Of paper. I said, we'll have wet, you know, wet whites, wet wipes and all that good stuff but i said you've got to do a a napkin and, you, and also a tip is you've got to do a napkin that works i mean i've been through the stages when satin was a napkin matt and if you can't wipe your mouth with a napkin then don't use it even though if it's a theme if it so use a cotton use a linen napkin it's one of my pet peeves you know people use satin because they could get that color back then and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't stay on your lap. It doesn't take any, it's not practical. If you're gonna spend the money, make it practical and make your, your I say clients, but make your guest happy. Well, that's you took the words out of my mouth. I literally was gonna to say to you, what are we all doing here? We're just creating a very happy environment, happy couple of hours, a happy day, or whatever it should be. And you just, it's so funny you say that because there's nothing that's worse. That doesn't make me happy when I can't, like, um, clean my face and the napkin sits on my lap. I'm trying to be all proper and it's on the ground all of a sudden, right? Exactly. And you know what, though? Here's the thing. This is, if anything's out there, I just, I really hope that the people who are listening to us today just give you a call because if there's anything that they're taking from this conversation they're having, and you probably don't realize it because this is your, this is what you do. This is your life. There are so many things that you say that to you is just like, it's an obvious no-brainer. But to someone who's never done this before, you you take for granted the wealth of your knowledge is what I'm trying to say. Like the execution is so important. And sometimes someone might have a great idea, maybe unlimited budget, but if they don't execute this correctly and think about everything that you can, that you just can bring to the table right there. Like you just talked about a simple napkin, right? Like a barbecue. Yeah, great. You're going to have a barbecue, but you can't have paper napkins at a barbecue. Or like you said, you know, just, just think about a napkin. Imagine what you bring to the installations and all the other visions that people have that you can help design and elevate for them. I also look at it is what do you do at your home if you're having, well, six people, eight people, 12 people for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for a birthday? What do you do? And then that's what you want to do. 10 times for your 120 guests or your 150 guests. You you got to think how you would s- handle that 10, your six closest friends, eight closest friends, you know, 
at, a, at your home, and you're just going to elevate that to 120. Your, your linen company, you talked a little bit about the um, custom. There's not many uh, companies doing custom. When you say custom, do you, are you physically making linens for somebody for their event, or do you just have like your own your own custom linens? We, we do three things. We okay. do what we call foundation, which is basic, which is what everybody carries. You know, your faux silks, your cottons, your satins, your burlaps, all of that. That's what we call foundation. Then we have curated. It's items that I have in inventory that I think is trendy, that, that will go anywhere it's it's um we have limited stock in it but it's enough to do cocktail party you know cocktail tables the head table maybe the place card table that is that is in sync right now what trends or grandma chic. Trends. Grammy, <laughs> grandma chic granny chic and then i have custom i mean we did a, a wedding you know new hampshire 100 guests private home everything was custom and you know velvets and more you would look at it and some of it was like upholstered rate material because it was just that richness yes. of it and completely all custom yes so we do all three things um you know i love the custom aspect of it but we do have a curated line which is very reasonable that we have inventory in and it is trending right now yes and i can tell you just before we go on to our next question that I'm dying to ask you a little bit about when it comes to designers, but can I just say one thing? Nothing bothers me more than photographing a wedding and I can see the creases of the linens where they were folded. And I just, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the way it happens. But I know. we try not to. I know. And I we know. also add a service that we can steam the whole wedding. Well, that's what I was getting at. I'm like, so obviously for somebody that has a, a, a little bit better of a budget, it's just worth it. Just, I mean, there's nothing. You spend all this money on all this beautiful stuff. I'm not saying it happens to your linens. I'm just saying in general, you it just it's worth maybe asking your in, installer or the designer, say, what can we do about making sure the creases, because it, it happens. That's how they're packaged up and they're delivered. But you have that service? We have that service that we can completely steam, press everything on site. I love it. You know, especially if you have a certain, you know, level of expectation. Correct, right? You know, there, there's a level of expectation. I did a wedding last summer and they did 100% Irish linen. I don't care what you do with it, you look at it and it wrinkles. Right. So we pressed and steamed it and put it on the table for each 22 tables. So and we it, can do that. Yeah. And I'm sure, especially with some of the clientele that you work with, um, they have a, an expectation and a, they may not think of the execution, but that's just a little tip. It's just, it's worth the steam. <laughs> it, it, it is. Um, so, you know, that can be done for, you know, anybody. David, can you tell our listeners about the area that you serve? I serve all of New England. I mean, I've worked in Florida. I've also done California. I've done Malibu. I've done Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and I do New England. Um, so I, I, I do travel, but if you're looking for someone locally, some hints from a designer to a client that we would love at, at you as a client is, we all know that you're interviewing different designers. That's fine. Be honest about that. Let us know what you, who you're meeting with, what type of look you want, 
check out our reviews, check out our Instagram. Some younger people have better Instagram than us older folks. My Instagram is not good. Yeah, but you know what? Can I interrupt you for a quick second? I do want to. I do want to address this. All right, for I just totally hijacked your 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 answer. Uh, Instagram. Yes, for people who are planning an event, definitely look at Instagram. But what I think people are missing is there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, okay? So you can have someone with great talent and they're just busy and they don't have time to go on Instagram or they are been doing this forever that they don't need to go on Instagram or they don't or they don't, don't they don't want to. They don't know how to do it. I'm just I just want people to understand that like 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 you're a pure talent and like you said, you just said it like, "Oh, my Instagram is, you know, not up to speed. Same thing, and I'm not same thing with me. Like I'm too busy to, to be posting on Instagram. I just want people to understand. And I also see some people who are very new, don't know what they're doing. I've worked with them. I'm like, this person's a hot mess. I'm not trying to be negative or insulting, but their but their Instagram is like stellar. You will never know. So I just want people to understand that there's more to just the visual of the social media. Exactly. Ask the venue. Ask your planner. Ask your caterer. Ask your friend, ask your friend's mother who goes to every wedding in your town. Who does do they like? Who do they not like? And then ask the designer to give you a quick proposal. Not a detailed one, a quick proposal. Everyone has is busy and good designers are always busy. But if you give them a chance to give you a quick proposal with some visuals and a price, then you can make decisions out of the three people you interviewed. And then at that point, once you pick that person, ask them for a detail. Because now they're working for you and not working trying to get your business. That's really smart, too, because like people need to understand they can't expect this very detailed proposal for someone who's busy. When they're, work when they're hired and they're working for you, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Once you hire me, I'll give you, I'll cross all the T's, dot all the I's. But before you hire me, I'm going to be hesitant how much information I'm going to give you as a designer because I don't want you to take it and shop it around. Bingo. And that's just a fact of life. And yeah. I, I'm not telling you inside secrets. No, but people, but, 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 but it is inside secrets because for someone who's going to call you right now, they have no clue. No clue. They, so it, it, it is inside because, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're, 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 they're hiring you for your ideas. Exactly. And if, you know, and I'm not going to, and I know if you're shopping, I also know who my competitors are right. too. Right. right. And, and what, what, what their strengths are. And as I don't want someone to come into an event saying, oh, David Price did this event because it has a certain look and style because I want it to reflect the bride and groom style. We all have our style. As you went into that event, you knew it was one of my styles. And I tried very hard not to make well, it, you know what, though? I knew it was one of your styles, not because of the visual, just because of the elevation. I just knew. And it was in, in this particular event that we're talking about, you only did the linens, but I just knew. I just As soon as I saw your card on the table, because granted, David doesn't leave his cards at the tables if he's working for you, but this was a, this was a ven, vendor event for us. I just knew, as soon as I saw, I'm like, oh, this is David Price. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and then once you pick a designer or a planner or a caterer, I say this anything, and you, you had the other two you did not pick, be the big boy, be the big girl, shoot them an email if you don't want to talk to them live and say, thank you for your time. We are not interested. We are not going to be using you for our wedding. Oh my God, I love that because you know what? 
that goes a long way. Thank you. Please, like anybody listening, for all your vendors, if you don't pick them and you talked with them, just pay it forward. Let them know. It, we're not insulted. Just We just know that that door has been closed and you've moved on. And, and even on. if you don't hear back from us, you know, I usually shoot people a thank you for letting me know. But just, just letting people know. That's it. Yeah. Spe- especially because we can only, I can only do so many in a month, in a week without you know jumping off the bridge and that that <laughs> right. that is released and i know that i'm not and it doesn't hurt my feelings um that you didn't pick me because it, it's all about community it's about personality and that's what i say this is a whole thing that i used to do when i was planning it's about photographers i would never force a photographer on a bride and groom it's all about the personality because that photographer is in your face sorry for yeah. eight hours, and if you don't like them, or you don't like how they look, you don't like how they speak. There was a fabulous photographer in Newport years ago. He has a, a huge presence in a, in a room. His photography was absolutely fabulous, but you could see him when you walked into the room. And sometimes the bride and groom didn't care, but then the son was like, he is too much of a presence. I need to be the focal in the room. And when he, he but- You gotta match them. You gotta match right. them. Gotta and match I would them. always stay out of picking a photographer. Right. Unless there was someone that I was on the shady side and I knew they were on the shady side and I would lead them down another path and music and music. Yeah. Those, that's such a personal opinion that I had as a planner. I always stayed away from it. It's all about personality. Exactly. And and skill and, and style. I mean, formal, I mean, I go back to the days before digital and it was all film. Yeah. And so you knew which photographer gave you great film and which ones had trees coming out of their heads. Right. And you can't <laughs> fix that in right. film. No, right. No, <laughs> which I is mean, now called, uh, there's a whole, Direction for that post-production, the whole you know it's funny because it it it, we're getting off. I could talk to you forever, but you know as far as that goes, I mean I started my career in film. I was I was the year where, I mean in school I did film, but then when I came professional, I was shooting digital. But I was the year that you know it was you know the people who were been around they they needed to either get into digital or they were you know their swan song right yeah. Um, but it's funny because the people, a true artist, whether you started in digital or film, just a true artist, it, you get it right. You get it right. With the, it, you pay attention to the details. I will make sure the picture that I photograph, I'm not saying everyone, but like 90%, it's done. I pay attention to everything in the background, every detail. You just get it right. You don't. I don't need to rely on the photoshopping and now we have AI coming out uh, out of the gate and people are like do you feel like as a photographer your your days are numbered I'm like no because you know like let the computer do everything it doesn't matter there's also the personality there's just me you know I'm a fit for some people I'm not you know it's it just there's a whole other gamut going on with that but it's funny that you say that it's just a true artist it's the package deal I'm sure the same thing in your industry so you just have to in, you have to interview talk ask People are that don't just only go off of their social media accounts because some of you guys you just are so busy that you don't have time to do that. And then, um, and I think that uh, another thing just to kind of add to it is if someone's asking you the same thing that David just brought up in the very beginning of this episode is what do you want? What do you like? That's a good designer. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's you're, 
I don't, you know, I may not like it, but if that's what you like, we will, I will figure out how I can make it so that I like it also. All right, David, I could talk to you all day, and I'm actually going to have you back on um, later in the year to really dissect some actual events that you've done. But in the meantime, it's time for a wrap-up question. For our listeners, what are some key points that couples should be asking themselves when considering hiring a designer to ensure that their wedding day is an absolute perfect event? I mean, a.k.a. why can't their florist do it or mom do it or, or mother-in-law do it? I, I think, as in depending on the size of your wedding, as I said, budgets doesn't really matter between um, a good designer. But I, I think that you needed, sometimes you need a designer if your, your vision is not clear and if you're, you're all over the place of what you really want. Um, or maybe you have hired a planner who doesn't d- design. Those planners out there who don't do designs, they just do logistics and they just do all that's important stuff and you have a someone who can do the design and production end of it. The other aspect of it is what venue are you in? There are vin, vin, venues that you don't need much or if you're doing a tent in your backyard, you need a designer slash production person to help with all the logistics, making sure the tent is in the right location, making sure there's a floor plan. As a designer, I just don't create pretty. I also go with floor plans and space planning and the flow of the event. Can this tent hold or this venue hold rectangle tables versus round tables? Can you do stations? Can you fit 150 people in it with the look you want? So it's not just making pretty and picking out pretty linens and pretty. It's designing the flow, like the flow of your kitchen, the flow of the tent. Is it going to work? Is your dance floor big enough? Is there enough lighting? So it's all those details that you need to help with that I don't expect you to know all those information. I don't think you need to know how many people sit at a 60 inch round table or a 72 inch round table until I tell you when you have to start doing your place setting. It's, it's, it's the basics. Um, florists are flower people and some florists do design and that's great and I work very well with florists I have no ego so I'm happy to work with planners and florists and lighting people and tent design and your landscaper um, to get my goal is to have a, a straight visual concept that everyone understands so the caterer understands that what the vision is it's formal or it's casual it's family style it's, that's what a, a good designer does for you and that's if you're really confused those the, I can do it and there's other designers that take your Pinterest and come up with a plan for you and just send it back to you and, and if you're a DIYer you can do it yourself but you need guidance I mean I had done multiple houses interior design and when I do my own house I hire an interior designer because I can't make a decision for myself <laughs> there's too many options out there so I need someone to guide me down the right path my best friend who is an interior designer, I do that same thing for him. He's just building a new house and he sends me his stuff because those, we know it's too much and we have to limit it and we have to get out of our own heads. And sometimes a designer can do that to a bride and groom. And that you enjoy the process of being married and having the wonderful engagement party and leave the detail and the execution of the design to professionals. Professionals, yep. 
You took the words out of my mouth. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You helped our listeners become one step closer to their stress-free wedding planning. Can you tell everyone where they could find you? I can be found at depcreative.net and curate at elleroy.net is where you can find me. And for our listeners, I will have all of David's information up on our episode show notes, which you can find on our blog and also on our podcast page, which is at sarahzarella.com backslash podcast. Well, thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, We have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.